welcome back to Ratchet and the Wrench Radio, Ratchet and Wrench's official podcast, helping automotive repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm your host, Paul Hodawanik, uh, and with me today, we have another one of our best workplace podcasts, uh, where we are talking to all of our best workplace winners. So we have one of our winners, Rich White. Don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your shop. Hi, thanks. This is Rich Brower. Um, I own 59 Auto Repair. Um, we're uh, located in Plainfield, Illinois. We're a 10-bay shop. Um, I have uh, six technicians that work in the back with us. Uh, we have four counter staff and service advisors up front, a bookkeeper. My wife helps me run the business. So um, and we've been in business now for 15 years at this location. So that's kind awesome. of a quick... <laughs> a little bit about us. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I'm just going to kind of go rapid fire um, through some of the stuff that I know we highlighted in the print version. If you haven't gotten a chance yet, uh, everyone listening to go and check out the print version. Uh, you don't have it by now. You uh, should have it coming in the in the mail relatively soon. But I know one of the things we highlighted for sure was your apprenticeship program and what you guys are doing with that to kind of get your younger talent um, more training, more skills to kind of keep them in house. And obviously that's kind of a hot button topic across the industry is technicians, of course, and how we continue to keep people in this industry. So first tell us a little bit about your program. Um, cause yeah, I, I, I want to hear again, what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, our apprenticeship program, Napa came out with their apprenticeship program, um, and it's a pretty good program. So we started that um, with Sarah back uh, probably about three years ago now. Um, she's been working with me for about four or five years. Um, but it was a good program. She was started out as an oil tech. Um, same thing with my uh, other tech, Ian. Uh, he started out as an oil tech and now he started the apprenticeship program. And uh, we just hired a new oil tech to replace him, Zach. And we've started him on the apprenticeship program. But um, it's a pretty good program. So there's different steps. In their skill level kind of starts out teaching them the basics, you know, how to do an oil change, what, you know, proper tires, all the safety in the shop, um, and then starts going into more technical stuff. Um, through the NAPA program, once they graduate it, um, they should have four ASE certifications. Um, and kind of I am their leader. So when they have questions, they come ask me as we're doing the homework assignments and that we kind of work together on it, teaching them. So um, pretty much that's the nuts and bolts of it, but uh, it seems to be working really good. Um, they're excited about it. They've been doing the program, you know, some a little quicker than the others, but uh, basically as fast as they want to advance, you know, they can do it. We push them a little bit here and there, but for the most part, they're uh, pretty self motivated and doing the program. So from my perspective, it feels like the industry is becoming more and more willing to take on apprentices. I think for a long time, people might've looked at it as, oh, could it hurt productivity? Is it going to take away our current texts and what they're doing if they have to teach them or if I'm going to have to do it, what is that pulling me away from? But it feels like more and more uh, people are being open to it, taking it on and seeing that it doesn't necessarily cause a lot of those things. Do you feel like whether it's a formal apprenticeship training like the one you have through Napa or just some sort of kind of development program that you kind of have set up for your guys in the shop, whether they're, you know, new or just, you know, lower level, do you feel like that's kind of vital now 
for a shop in order to kind of be self-sustaining, especially in this kind of climate we are in with the technician shortage and everything? Yeah, um, I definitely believe that, you know, it's the way to go in the wave of the future. Um, you know, technicians are hard to find, which pretty much every shop owner that I talk to or person I talk to is looking. Um, so I think the best way for us to increase the people in our industry is to actually grow them, start them out when they're young, you know, teach them that this is a, a good industry. You can make some decent money at it. Um, you know, look for the bright shining stars and the, the young people that are motivated and wanting to do it. Um, but also too, you know, us older guys with computers were a little bit more slow at it. These younger kids seem to be picking up the, the computer stuff a lot quicker and, you know, a lot easier to train than some of the, the older guys on the new technology. So um, also see a plus to that is that, you know, they pick up all this computer programming and that a lot quicker than the guys who didn't know how to turn the computer on until they were in their thirties. <laughs> so. Sure. For sure. Um, switching avenues just a little bit we also highlight uh the community involvement that you guys have had in the community and one of the things i thought was really cool is i think it would have been easy and you guys do this to support you know foundations and organizations that you believe in which you do but you also have gotten involved in some stuff that your workers are interested in um tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and just kind of the benefit that you've seen from you know taking being passionate about something your workers are passionate about. I assume that has only led to good things. Yeah. Um, yeah, we help support our, our employees in that. Mike is uh, really big into Operation Welcome, and Welcome, Welcome You Home, which is a local organization, helps as far as when veterans that are, you know, injured while serving our country come back and they help them, you know, with wheelchairs and getting accessibility to their houses and that. So uh, we sponsor you know, pretty much every event they do and support Mike when he needs time off to make sure that that can happen. Um, but definitely, you know, it's uh, just a good feeling for all of us, you know, is that we can do that. Um, Sarah's really involved with their church and doing some of that, which we uh, partnered with their church to do uh, one of their organizations is Cars of Hope, where they'll get cars, um, donate it to them. We go through them, assess if the car is worth fixing. Um, they look at it that they try to make the car problem-free for two years. So we do a real thorough inspection, recommend, you know, everything that might go wrong in the next two years. And then they decide if they want to fix it, which we'll do it at our, our cost, you know. And then uh, we also, when COVID hit, started doing some uh, volunteering where we were fixing cars for people that didn't have the money and um, benevolence helped out with some, our Napa parts store helped out with some of the parts costs. We covered some of the parts costs and then we did all the labor for free. So, so, but, uh, yeah, it's nice working with some of our other people. Um, Dave is really big into scouts. And so if he needs time off to do stuff, we do that. And, uh, yeah, so we support all our employees at everything we can. So. For sure. And I know when we were just going through kind of the shop's credentials, you're taking me through your employees and like how long they've been here, you know, 14 years, 13 years, like there, a lot of them have been with you a really long time. So to you, like, if you were to kind of try to put your thumb on it, like, you know, they've stayed here because of this, like, what would you kind of highlight qualities about your business that you feel like has led to being able to have retention? Cause I think that's what everyone is trying to get. Everyone's trying to have long-term retention of their employees. What do you feel like has, helped you guys get there? Um, I think a lot of it's just 
team building and, you know, trying to do things together, you know, not only in work, but outside of work. Um, we started not too long ago where we started playing games in the shop, um, giving them little prizes and stuff. You know, we've been doing odometer poker and we did car color bingo. And um, right now we're playing Candyland where they get a move for every picture they take and they get a couple moves if they do a short video. So um, we just try to have fun and enjoy life. And uh, yes, yeah, some of the people that work for me are family, but uh, I've also known a lot of them for a long time. I mean, Mike, me and him started our careers together in uh, 1983. I started in 82 and he started at the shop I was working at in 83. So I've known Mike forever. And yeah, a lot of my employees have been here a long time and kind of consider them family and friends. And so it's just a good work environment. Um, a couple of younger guys that have come in recently seem to be sit, fitting in extremely well and have adapted and yeah, we have a good time, so. Yeah. Um, one of the things you mentioned is like, you know, I, I, I never raised my voice at any of my technicians. Like I've been back there. I know what goes on back there. I know the struggles that they go through. And that was just something I know you were pretty adamant about. And I can tell just from your personality, that's not maybe quite what fits you, but what, what is, kind of been the best management style you found um, with with the techs and, and the rest of the group that has really worked for you? Um, I mean, I think you hit it on the head is, I don't think I've ever raised my voice at one of my employees. Um, no matter how bad it was or what it was, yelling at them is not gonna make it any better. Um, what's gonna make it better is let's figure out what the solution is, let's figure out what happened for it never happens again. Um, you know, out of some of those things that were bad ended up some of our best policies came out of. So we looked at it, stepped back, assessed what happened, you know, but at that moment it was, I didn't blow my gasket and lose my cool and start screaming and yelling, you know, instead it's like, okay, what did we do wrong? How do we stop this from happening again? What do we got to do to make it right for the customer or whatever happens? So um, I think it's yelling doesn't fix anything, you know? I mean, they definitely know, you know, I don't want them to do it again. I wasn't happy about it, but uh, they also know if, you know, they happen to bump into a car out in the parking lot, don't hide it, come in, tell me, let's figure out what we got to do and let's fix it and make it right. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, we all make mistakes. You only learn from your mistakes. That's how come a lot of us are so smart. <laughs> so. For sure. Um, one thing I remember Linda mentioning was just, you know, you, you try to get everyone involved in the solution as often as you can when you come across problems. I think, you know, what, what for you guys does that mean? Can you think of specific examples, like just making sure everyone feels like they're, you know, a part of, a part of the team? Um, we'll take, and depending on what the problem is, you know, a lot of times me and my wife will sit down, talk it out, think about all the things that happened and what to do, and then we'll bring it to our employees, you know, tell them kind of, what we're thinking, ask them for their suggestions on that, you know, just because I have an idea doesn't mean that it's the right one. So I've been pretty open to listening to it. Um, early in owning this shop, it was probably two years in, my wife got tired of me saying, you know, we do this because that's the way we've always done it. And she told me if I ever said that with words again, she was going to quit. <laughs> so now it's, you know, well, that's the best way I know how to do it. But if somebody's got a better way to do it, I'm willing to sit there and look at it. And uh, we've changed a lot of things from uh, having my wife and my daughters involved in the business and looking at things from a non-mechanical thing. You know, we're mechanics. So we like to think of if you fix cars, that's the way you do it. You know, so having somebody looking from the outside and our policies and procedures and making suggestions has helped a lot. So and being yeah, open to those and doing them. So. 
yeah, for, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it, it was a transition for you to get there um, just from maybe the old mindset that you were in previously for other people that, you know, kind of have been the, well, this is how we've done it. So we're going to continue to do it. How, what tips, advice would you give them just based on how you went about it of just, you know, becoming more open to more feedback? Like what, what helped you? Um, I think just having a view from the outside and sometimes, you know, we get kind of blinded and don't start looking at the whole picture and that. So, um, once we started making some changes, I saw how much it actually helped improve the shop, you know, with workflow, with quality work we were doing, you know, we went from running around like chickens with our heads cut off and finally, you know, now it's nice, even pace. Nobody's overwhelmed. Um, we schedule pretty much everything. So our oil changes even are on a schedule, you know, which we started years ago because we realized that we'd open up at seven o'clock and there was 14 people waiting for oil changes. So that last person in line had to wait a long time and made upset customers. So we changed that and went to appointments only on our oil changes and it's worked out very well. So, you know, we've made a lot of policy changes and just, yeah, it works good. I can walk in and not have been here for a week and if I pick up the phone when I first walk in, I can tell that customer within two minutes what's going on with their car without ever talking to another employee in the shop. So, you know, that's nice to have that, that I don't ever have to feel stressed that I have to go find somebody to figure out what's going on with their car. So, Well, awesome. Um, well, we wanted to use this just as a little tease. If people haven't had a chance to check out the article to go do so, you get a full, full breakdown on Rich, Linda, and the whole team there, all the great work they're doing and what they've done to be considered a, a best workplace. So Rich, thank you so much for joining us today uh, and keep, keep, keep doing good work. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Nice being here.